Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode two of Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I am Amber. We left you last time with Lawrence Bernard Singleton being released from the California San Quentin prison and moving back to his birthplace of Tampa, Florida. He had only served eight years, if you'll recall, of his 14-year sentence for the gruesome mutilation and brutal rape of survivor Mary Bell Vincent. Now, according to a timeline that I reviewed from the San Francisco Gate, Singleton was paroled in April 1987, then was released from parole in April 1988. So if you can do the math, that's only one whole year of parole that he had, remember, on the grounds of San Quentin in a trailer because none of the communities wanted him. Can I just say that I am not over that yet from part one? I'm not I'm not over it. No. The fact that they gave him free housing. You know, and I I actually shouldn't say that it was free because I don't know if they charged him. I'm not sure how that works. And especially back then. I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it was free and they gave him his fucking meals, too. I mean, they only made him serve eight years because he had good behavior and was a teacher and all this shit, and it's fine. Rape and mutilate somebody, but yeah, yeah, we'll that's give a good you all question. This. I wonder if it was, you know, who paid for that, or if they just bought a trailer and dumped it on the property. But I'm still just not over the minimal sentence. So here we are. I did find some information too that he actually moved around in Richmond for a time being before he ended up at his brother's house in Tampa. Now at this time he was going by Bill. So he dropped the Larry. He's you know doesn't want to be called Lawrence. Now he's Bill. We did have some lingering questions. I'm still waiting for answers from everybody. Do you go from Larry to Bill? Is that a normal name thing? I'm not sure. I think he was just more like I don't want people connecting me with the heinous shit that I did in Florida or excuse me in California. So now I'm Bill, everybody. What's up? Yeah. Now that you mention it, you're probably onto something. I yeah. Mean, switching, you know, going to a different state, probably trying to just start fresh, maybe. Yep. I think that's exactly what he was doing. I still think shit stain suits him a lot better, though. I agree. An article in the New York Times said that Singleton was one of eight children and that he had to rely on his siblings after being paroled. However, at first, Tampa did not want him either, which if you'll remember, I said uh, in the first episode as well. Shortly after moving in with his brother, someone threw a firebomb in the front yard of his brother's house. Wait. Yeah. A firebomb? A firebomb. Yeah, I'm hoping it was a flaming bag of shit. Fingers crossed. I really hope the same. I couldn't find what it actually was, but yeah, someone launched a firebomb right into the front yard. And his poor brother, like, I do feel bad, you know? Yeah. Then, as if that, that's not bad enough, a local car dealer offered Singleton $5,000 just to leave the state. He's like... See wow. ya. Here's some money. Like, take this money. Get the and F get the out, the of hell our- out of mm-hmm. here. <laughs> nope. 
Nope. So, but he couldn't. He's still living with his brother. The New York Times said that there were also protests at his court hearings because he didn't stay clean in Florida. He started getting arrested on petty theft. He kept trying to steal from grocery stores. When they would catch him, he would say, quote, I'm sorry, I'm a confused, muddled-headed old man, end quote. Playing the victim again. Of course. Of course. I don't believe it. Do you remember in episode one when Mary woke up in the vehicle and she wasn't being taken the right way and he was like, I'm an honest man. It's an honest mistake. Yes. That's very much what he's trying to play here. Oh, I'm just an old man. I get confused. I had no idea that I had these pork chops in my back pocket. <laughs> Like, just honest mistake. Right. Good old Lear. It happens to everyone. He did also, I uh, did read in the court transcripts that he tried to say that he had dementia. There was no medical proof that he ever had dementia. He's completely trying to play the, oh, I'm an old, feeble man. He's not even that old. He was 51 when he offended against Mary. And this is eight, nine years later. Yeah. You're not that old, no. dude. Stop it. I don't even know if he could get the senior discount at Wendy's yet. No. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the senior discount. <laughs> For sure. You don't get that. Just saying, yeah, he's not that old yet. After his brother found a firebomb on his front yard, he was like, yo, you got to go because I don't want this noise, which... Peace out, bro. For sure. That earns you a straight eviction notice in my book, yeah. too. So what he did was he moved to Orient Park into an old bungalow home that was actually bought for him by another brother, by... Herb. I am just sorry to keep jumping in here, but Please. I'm just amazed at the help he's getting. Again, I keep saying like, well, I wouldn't do that. But I mean, if my sibling right. were to have done something so heinous, I would have a hard time supporting. you. And you him. have to remember, I'm going to get to it in a minute, but Singleton was very good at convincing people he was framed. He sticks to that victim. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he tries very hard. To be the victim. And he, you'll see in a minute, he really convinced people. Also, I'm going to stop cracking my knuckles while we're recording because I feel like that's super obnoxious. And our listeners are going to be like, listen, you're giving yourself arthritis. Like, joints are under there? <laughs> Grandma, knock it off. Someone needs some vitamins or some supplements Jesus. for their joints. <laughs> so I'm going to try to stop that, guys. Sorry. Anyway, poor herb. Herb. <laughs> Call I was going to say, wait, who is Herb? <laughs> I was reading my notes. Plot twist. <laughs> is it Herb or Herb? It's Herb. Herb. Okay. It's wrote like Herb. I like Herb better. It's just a I'm so more sorry. chic. It's a little more wow. chic. Wow. Second episode. Things will get better, I they promise. Will. Anyway, <laughs> Herb was the other brother. He's the one that bought him the bungalow home. Mm -hmm. So Singleton actually didn't own it. The New York Times article explained that the community members in Orient Park that did know of Shitstein's crimes really... They said things like, well, we were fearful of him at first, and I'd watch my wife and kid around him. But eventually, everyone just started to accept him and believe that he was was framed like he said he was. And the reason they believed that he was framed is because by all accounts, he was the epitome of a good neighbor. Hmm. He fixed up his home really nice. It was described as immaculate even. According to Fred Rosen's book, The Mad Chopper, 
And all of my references, guys, will be linked in our show notes, so look for those. 90 grand had been sunk into the bungalow home to make it the nicest home on the block. So here Shitstain is living in the nicest house on the block in what was described as the armpit of Tampa, where Orient Park is. If you guys live there now, so sorry. That is not my understanding of it. Yeah, that that's was, a pretty harsh it, That's what I thought. I was like, New York Times, calm yeah. your tits. Like, that seems excessive. But I don't really know what it was like then. So if you currently live there and it's lovely. Just give, regard. Yeah, yeah. And give me an email to say, hey, it's beautiful now because I'd love to know that. Regardless, it wasn't so great when Singleton lived there and he dumped somehow 90 grand. But do you remember how I told you in episode one that Mary won a civil suit against him for two mil- over $2 million? It was like yes. $2.65 million. Yes. Yeah, and she never saw a penny of it. Where are you getting the funds, a good old lair? I was just going to dip my toes in here mm-hmm. and ask where in the actual F he got that much money. I, I don't know. I'm sure he did odd, odd jobs or whatever. The fact that it wasn't owned by him, I'm not sure if that means his brother was giving him the materials as long as he was doing the labor. But mm-hmm. we'll, it becomes very important in a minute. He hired hands. Uh, you'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, so it really aggravates me that at one point, Mary was living on the streets while he is fixing up his bungalow. Yeah, like on an episode of Goddamn Fixer Upper or something. No. This makes me unhappy. Yep, yep, yep. Well, he's he's got his coming. Don't worry. He would fix things up for other people. He would cook steak, the whole shebang. There was a article that said that he could be seen out like if a cat walked and put paw prints on his vehicle or on the neighbor's vehicle, he'd take a rag out there and wipe them off. It's like, no worries, guys. I got this. Yeah, here wow. I am. So he Swell. was like the model neighbor yes. to have. Which, you know, if he's bringing you some T-bones... You're probably thinking, like, how bad can this guy be? He just brought me some steak. Everyone's like, you might have possibly tried to murder someone, but... But we're not sure. Yeah, that was all the way across the country. Yeah. Because you're bringing me some great T-bone steaks right now. (laughs) Wiping my cat's paw prints off the the car. Right. Yeah. So I'm loving you. Also, he was a part of a bowling league, which I really hate. Do not ruin bowling for me, Larry. Mm, No. I'm sorry, Bill. If that is your real name. Billy. It's not, by the way. Stop it. Anyway, a man named Tom Bennett was quoted in a New York Times article saying, quote, Every day he'd talk to you. He'd cook steaks, bring them to you. He'd fixed up his property real good. He was the neighbor you dream of. I started to believe him. Maybe he was framed. End quote. So there's that manipulation. Don't you love that? He's the living the living out the victim Woe is me. I served eight years for something I didn't do. Because remember, it was another Larry and some other dude. Yes. At first. second Larry. I mean, really, at first he changed his story then. Because next he was, no, she forced me to kidnap her. Remember, he tried to sue her for forcible robbery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really is a shit stain. I mean, he he duped everybody in prison on his good behavior and teaching all these prisoners and stuff. But he'd also duped his community. I mean, they they really grew to enjoy him for many years. Makes me slightly suspicious because some of my neighbors are too good to be true. And I'm like, how many what bodies? How many bodies you got in that basement? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it would make you wonder. I you know. just never know about I a know. person. Some of them 
are so nice. They always compliment the way I decorate the front porch and like make it a point to stop. And I, I really like them, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, please don't tell me you're going to chop somebody up. If someone gets a rag out to wipe some paw prints off yep. your car. I'm going to get real suspect. Run. Yep. Real run. fast. He was, you know, the epitome, like I said, of a good neighbor. That is until one fateful day on February 19th, 1997, when he commits his next heinous criminal act. Articles from the Salon described Roxanne Hayes as a 31-year-old mother to Akina, 11, Clifton, 7, and Malachi, 3 at the time. Those were their ages. She had a longtime partner of 10 years named Clifford Tyson. She and Clifford were actually married under common law. Remember when that was a thing? Mm-hmm. After so many years, yeah. you were considered married, Yep, right? I think of seven. After yep. seven years, you were considered married if you were living together. Her and Clifford, by all accounts under the law, were married. She was also a sex worker. And although this is relevant to why she was with Singleton on February 19th, 1997, I'm straight up peeved by the fact that her being a sex worker is just about all you can find on this woman. She was much more than this, okay? She was a human. She becomes another victim of him. She deserves for people to know more about her than what she did to make ends meet for her family. absolutely. And I didn't care if I needed to search all the way to the devil's anus. I was going to find something else about her. So, Did you search that deeply? (laughs) Luckily... I did not have to go to the devil's anus, but I want you to know that I was willing. I was willing for Roxanne. (laughs) That's dedication that I can do. I needed to know more. According to police, she had no qualms and offered no apologies about what she was doing or why. The Salon article quoted a sheriff's deputy who said, when he asked Roxanne what she spent her sex worker money on, she reported, excuse me, replied, quote, rent and diapers, end quote. I know. So she's just working. It's so funny that you just went, because I literally wrote, look in my notes. I wrote, where'd I write it? I wrote, oh, guys. That is exactly the feeling you get. It is. She was just trying to support her kids. Yes. Which so many are, you know, and I really hate sometimes the 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 stigma. Well, of course, but the fact that if you Google search her name, you will find prostitute is the next thing after her name. And it makes me sick. Yeah. That's really sad that that's what she's just known yep. as. Yep. And like I said, it's relevant to why she was with how she ends up a victim mm-hmm. of Lawrence. But there's there's always more to people. So what this tells me, the fact the rent and diapers, that she would do what she needed to do to provide for her family. So, you know, or excuse me. Her families. She only had one family that I know of, but, you know, her babies. She did have a lengthy criminal record, and some of it did involve the use of cocaine, something Singleton tried to use against her in his trial. And I realized that some might judge this pretty heavily because she had a rap sheet of, like, 99 arrests or something like that. It, but, I mean, she did keep getting – back then, they kept arresting sex it, workers. Okay. You know, so, so it, was, it wasn't all drugs or anything like that, but – to me, that just says she was battling some demons. Yeah, I mean, and and clearly seeing the pattern with Larry of picking these things out to make that person, you know, less yes. than. Yes. Well, she was just <laughs> a sex worker, or she, mm-hmm. you know, because he did that with the other girl too. 
He tried to claim. Remember, he mm-hmm. tried to claim that she was a ten dollar a night whore or whatever. Yeah, just devaluing mm-hmm. that person. Yeah. Like, and she when she wasn't, there was no record of Mary being a sex worker at mm-hmm. all. On February nineteenth, our perp Larry Bill Shitstein picked Roxanne up. Now, according to reports in the salon and the, and the New York Times, Roxanne was last known leaving her house for some groceries. That's what her family thought that she was out going out to do. At some point, she ended up at Singleton's and she worked from the same park bench and her and Singleton were acquainted before. This was not their first meeting. So I don't know if he drove by the bench, saw Roxanne there and and was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to... It's me, Larry. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's me, Larry Billbob. You know. Right. Come on over. So she ends up at his house. Now, around dusk, a man named Paul Hitson and his uncle Robert Music, which I think is kind of a cool name. Kind I'm, of, yeah. I'm Robert, Robert Music. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope that's how he says it. I feel like jazz music should play behind him whenever he says that. But anyway, more digression. When Robert and Paul entered Singleton's home, they were there because they'd previously been hired by Singleton to paint and they needed to come and finish some touch-ups. Remember I said like he hired people to do work for him too. So he's got some money coming from somewhere. So there's these two men entering his home and they were announcing their presence as they do so. But they stop short when they start to hear moaning. As one does, that would stop me in my tracks too. Yep, I'm going to be a little caught off guard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Hitson testified... He testified that he thought, at first, the singleton was having sex, naturally. Safe assumption. Also, why you stop, because, Lord have mercy, please don't let me walk in on that. What made them realize that that's not the case is that they heard two muffled calls for help. So they decided to continue through. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, wait, 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 something's going on here. So they're continuing through the home and into the kitchen. They, uh, Hitson testified that he saw, quote, at least five different pill bottles strewn about the table, end quote. And he said the house had a strong smell of alcohol. I think I did mention in the first episode that he was a a strong alcoholic. Yes, I remember that. He meaning Larry. And he had given alcohol to, possibly alcohol to Right, to Mary. Mary. Mm -hmm. Hitson also testified that Singleton was intoxicated any time he had interactions with him. And that he drank two gallons of vodka a day. Oh my God. Now, I was reading this from a court transcript, you guys. It really did say two gallons. Now, my kids drink two gallons of milk a day, and I thought that was excessive, but I've kind of backed off from them now, because it's like, well, I guess it could be vodka. I mean, I'm hoping this was mixed with something. Well, actually, I'm not hoping. I'm not sure he used it as a mixer. Holy cow, that's a lot of vodka for a day. Yeah, it sure is. His liver was pickled, I'm sure. Yes. So I'm going to put this out here, a trigger warning for some gruesome deets. Oh, okay. So skip forward if that's not your cup of joe, everyone, and then come back to the story. Hitson continues to say that as he walked to the living room and saw Singleton naked, I am so sorry for the image. Let's all take a moment to swallow the barf that just came up. Yeah, I I will do that. He's naked, bent over a woman's bare legs. And Hitson could see blood on the thigh of the woman, okay? Oh, no. So he calls Singleton's name. Like, hey, Bill, Larry, whatever. Yeah, whatever you call it was, I'm things. sure it was Bill because that's where he was at at that time, what the name that he was using. And he said that 
Bill just stood there and looked past him with a blank expression, then turned his attention back to the woman. He must have been so annihilated drunk that he didn't know what he was doing. I think he's just registering that he heard a noise, Mm -hmm. but not processing, I'm murdering this woman and someone is in my home watching. Uh Mm -hmm. Hitson then runs out of the home and tells his uncle what he saw. Hitson actually grabs a broom and wanted to, wanted to re-enter the property, but his uncle prevented him. I don't know what he thought he was going to Harry Potter right. his way back in there and just... But you know but what? I'm sure... Right. It was like the first thing that he could grab. Like, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to go... him with this Yeah. Room. I mean, I'm glad he was, like, thinking to try, but his uncle... Yes. He was like, wait, wait, wait. Instead, the two ran to the front of the house and looked in the window. They could see... Naked Singleton bent over the woman with his hands around her neck, so Hitson decides to kick at the front door. This makes Singleton stand up, and he looked at the door. Again, like you said, I think he's just so annihilated that he isn't registering. The woman let out a muffled help, and then Singleton says, quote, shut up, bitch, end quote, and proceeded to hit her in the chest, face, and neck. The two testified that they could not see a weapon in Singleton's hand at this time. Now, all of this I'm getting from the court transcripts. This is what was testified to. Blair Hitson is hitting the door, and then he and his uncle decide to drive around the block to a gas station to call 911. This is 1997. We did have cell phones. They were the size of a Buick that time. Oh, yes. So yes. many people, and I'm sure in this area especially, they're not they're not using cell phones. Right. It, it wouldn't be the time for the you right. know, quick pickup. No. And- so they call 911. They then said that they drove by Singleton's house on two more occasions waiting for the police to arrive. And they even called a relative of Singleton to inform her what had happened. It was one of her, his sister's. Like, we see this. Now, remember, at this point in time, they don't realize he's murdering her. According to Rosen's book, The Mad Chopper, the call came in to 911 at 6.07 p.m. with Hidson frantically saying, quote, he's beating a woman, he's beating a woman. The same guy that cut the girl's arms off, that 15-year-old girl in California, end quote. And it took police 34 minutes to respond to the 911 call. The oh, Hill- my gosh. Yeah, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's leader explained that, according to Rosen, that the delay was due to shift change and heavy traffic and the response time would have not saved Roxanne. However, I will point out that the court records actually show that the first officer on the scene was Officer Morphy. M-O-R-F-F-I. Would you pronounce it like that? Morphy? I would think, yeah, okay. that's probably what I would Sorry, say. Sorry, Officer Morphy, and if I'm butchering your name. So Morphy testified that he arrived at 623, which is 16 minutes after the 911 call is received. So there are some discrepancies there, guys. Morphy knocked on the door and Singleton answered. The records say that he answered wearing a unbuttoned shirt and shorts with the fly open and that he had a scratch and a blood stain on his chest and a strong smell of alcohol on his breath. Now, other reports say that he was naked with a condom hanging from what I can only imagine is his very tiny weenie. Oh, he is so gross. Exactly. And this is where it's important to get good sources, and I'll clear it. I'll clear this up later of why news reports had said that to you know sell 
I mean, I would say it. newspapers at that point in time, but it comes up in a second. He did not, it, it, according to court records, that's not how he answered. So the there was door. no condom. I'm not saying there wasn't a condom, but he didn't answer the door wearing only the condom hanging from his ridiculously small penis. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I will say the court records made no reference to the actual size of his penis. That is just me guessing. I'm thank, assuming. Thank you for clarifying yeah. that piece. I, just, I felt like I should, but I think we're in all agreement that it is this size of, I don't know, what's the smallest thing that you can think of? Maybe like a baby carrot? Yes. It's a baby carrot. It's you a know, little, just yeah. a little baby carrot. Yes. After Singleton answers the door, Officer Morphy explains he said he was there for a domestic disturbance and, and Singleton said that he and his girlfriend had gotten into a spat and that she's inside. Everything's fine. Officer can leave. Likely story, Bill. Please tell me they didn't believe Bill. No, no. When asked about the cut, because remember, he's got this unbuttoned shirt on. Yes. Right? Yes. So the officer's like, hey, what's the cut on your chest about, buddy? Singleton, who always has a fucking answer for everything, said, I was cutting turnips, and when some turnips got on my chest, I scraped the knife over it to remove it, and that's how I cut myself. Wow, that's pretty specific for being, you know, white girl wasted and not having, you know... I, I'm in, I, I yeah. don't want to say I'm impressed. But that's what this but... dude does. He has a fucking answer for everything. But I like how he's like, yeah, turnip splatter got on my chest. So I just took the knife and scraped it off. And in and whoopsie, accidentally cut myself. It's it's the turnips. Turnips caused him to cut himself, guys. I'm on the edge of my seat because the whole time I'm hearing this, I'm thinking if they just would have stuck around. Oh, just give it a sec. It, okay. Give it a sec. All right. yep. I'm not a turnip fan. So I'm not convinced. Apparently the officer was also not a turnip fan because he's like, I don't know, it sounds suspicious to me. Turnips is a very specific and random vegetable. So specific. Uh, are they a vegetable? Am I, I gonna I somebody so. gonna at me and be like, that's a fruit, bitch. But how many times do you see someone just cutting turnips? Like, oh in their living oops. room? I was gonna pose this to our listeners as well. Was cutting up vegetables in the living room a common thing to do? Because it's testified to several times in this transcript that, like, there was a tray and a knife for him to cut vegetables up while he watched his so programs. He really was cutting vegetables. At some point in time. Because they found, like, a, the tray. They they never find turnips. Spoiler alert. I'm so sorry, Bill. There are no turnips. You should have picked a vegetable that you actually fucking owned. But he had no turnips. Yeah. Is that what we did in the late 90s? Just sat in front to watch our... Show soap operas are show operas. <laughs> Words are hard. Larry may have been a great multitasker, so he's, he's sitting a there. lazy piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know. He couldn't stand in the kitchen and cut his vegetables like the rest of us. Yeah. He had to sit in front of his programs, lazy, and do it. He's watching. Who was it on Days of Our Lives? Bo. There's like always a Bo. Probably in, still on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> yes. I think so. He's watching Bo and Hope's drama and cutting. Chopping his, some peppers. And, yep. Yep. Making his, ma- getting everything ready to prepare his steaks for his neighbors. So they think he's a lovely gentleman. Oh, anyway, Larry. I know. The officer noticed that Singleton was actually jittery and literally bouncing from side to side in the doorway. Then the phone rings. Do you remember how, like, you that would happen and it wasn't in your pocket? It was hanging on your wall? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Shithead goes to answer the phone, and although he attempted to close the door, it stayed open about five to seven inches, and the officer could see a woman's bare foot on the floor. Thank God that floor that door did not close. Oh, yeah. So then the door is pushed farther open because the officer saw that foot, mm-hmm. and he's got reasonable doubt now, so he can do that. And he saw a woman face down on the floor with injuries to her side and a blood clot in her nose. Morphe immediately went outside to call dispatch and EMT for backup. Singleton approaches the police car at this put, excuse me, at this point, and he's put into handcuffs. Then Morphe immediately went into the home to attempt to aid the woman. However, it was too late. Roxanne Hayes was pronounced dead on the scene, and later an autopsy was done. Trigger warning, I am going to describe what the autopsy said, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear that. Dr. Lee Miller testified that the cause would be revealed to be multiple stab wounds to the trunk, penetrating the heart and liver. She was stabbed six times in her chest, abdomen region, and once to her face. No bones were broken, and there was no bruising or signs of strangulation. Dr. Miller could not determine what the other wounds had possibly happened, like what order, excuse me, that the wounds had happened in, but only three of the seven were considered fatal. And the saddest thing to me is that the three that were considered fatal were reported by Dr. Miller to have taken anywhere from four to 20 minutes of bleeding out before loss of consciousness and death to might have occurred. It just makes my heart hurt. I know. So therefore, the police explanation of response timing that I mentioned earlier was actually correct. Even if they had been able to get there faster, there was nothing that they could do because even if the police had arrived and she was only into, say, 10 minutes of her 20-minute bleeding out, they couldn't have got her back to the hospital in surgery and completely. I mean, I know, obviously, police officers administer life-saving things and try to stop the bleeding. But it was, I mean, it was a cut, a significant cut to her heart and her liver. I mean, yeah. you know, so it it wasn't going to make that big of a difference. <sighs> this poor woman. What I a know. horrible way I know. to spend your last moments with this naked yep. old dude. Drunk ass. Over you. And, you know, people had come in and, and it sounded like she was still alive at that point. Yes. So then it makes me wonder, I mean, did she... Obviously, she had the wherewithal about her to call for help at that point. So yeah. she was probably really hoping that, that it could be stopped. And, and I get why the two didn't feel comfortable. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that position. They may not have felt like they were strong enough to take him if he's harming this woman. Is he going to – and he's clearly out of it. I mean, the fact that he's not registering when they called his name. Do you enter and do you yeah. try to stop him? What's he going to do to you? I don't know how big those men were. Singleton was a pretty big dude. Well, so. it sounds like they were aware of his past, too. So yes. knowing that he had mutilated another human yep. being, yep. I'm sure they here's, were reluctant. Here's a scary motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And they did the right thing by trying to get help. But I don't know what I would do in their position. I don't want to pretend that I know if I would have busted into that house and tried to stop what I thought was going on. And remember, he, they I don't they never saw a weapon. They thought he was beating her up. Mm-hmm. They they didn't know that he was actually murdering her. So during the arrest, the court documents show that Singleton remarked, quote, We had an argument and she threw something at me, so I killed her. And I guess that makes me a murderer. So you've got me now, end quote. 
Do we, Larry? Do we have you now? This guy's quotes are just terrible. Like, everything it, he says is really it's dumb. Just bad. It's just... Yes, it's just bad. You're just stupid, Larry. Your name is stupid. Sorry for all the other Larrys. We like the other Larrys. But Larry, Bill, whoever the hell you are. Like, I like how he's like, oh, you got me now. Yeah. yeah. No, asshole. We had you before. We just, they just let you go. I'm surprised with his history of... You know, the being the victim that he even took responsibility. Oh, yeah. Hold even on. being caught red-handed, it's I'm amazed that he's like, yeah, you got me. Yeah, I have more on that in a second. Okay, he I will al- stay tuned. Yes, he also remarked, quote, I was framed before, but this time I did it, end quote. Thanks, fucking Sherlock. I'm sure they were really scratching their heads trying to figure out who brutally murdered this innocent woman whose blood you are wearing and that was found all over your living room floor. Oh, Larry... And also, how dare you continue to claim that you weren't the one who brutally dismembered Mary Vincent and left her for dead. Sir, good day. <laughs> good day, sir. Done with you. <laughs> if I was that police officer, I would just slap back and forth. I know they can't do that, but God damn it, Larry. I want to know what Larry's IQ would have been. Just the, the way he speaks. Four. It doesn't sound like he was too bright. No, but um, we can't even give him that that empathy. I don't think I don't think that he had any sort of special needs accommodation for his intelligence. I think, especially not with the way he manipulated people, he was just a heinous man he was. who thought that he could m- manipulate people. And I'm going to speculate, you guys, I find it very hard to believe that Mary and Roxanne are his only victims. I would agree with that. There is, and there was an article that I read, I can't remember which one it was in now, where Mary and her husband speculate the same exact thing mm-hmm. for good reason. And yes, Murderers do go on dry spells 100%, but we're now talking, his first was, this happened to Mary Vincent in 1978, and now we're at 1997, mm-hmm. and he was only incarcerated for eight years, so I find it very difficult to believe. He went that long. Yes, especially with his quote, I guess I'm a murderer, you've got me now. I think he was very much a murderer before, and we... He just has not been able to be pinned on him. I think he targets the transient like he was with Mary, thinking she might not be missed. Mm-hmm. And sex workers. Yes. This, this I, is, I think this was a thing for him. Mm-hmm. And that piece of how he devalued them. Yeah. There, I, I'm wondering if there wasn't something with that. Yes. Why they were targeted. I agree. So, 100%. Disgusting human being. Mm-hmm. Now, remember how I told you that I would clear up the whole was he dressed or was he not dressed condom ordeal from his tiny, what did we decide? Carrot? Baby penis? carrot. Baby carrot. Baby carrot. Not even a well-developed baby carrot, by so, the way. Yeah. Well, according... The smallest one in the bag. It is. It is. <laughs> yes. It was the runt of the baby carrot. <laughs> the, the baby As carrots. a matter of fact, they were like, is this even worth picking yet or should we let it right. grow more? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. But they're... The worker was just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just pick this one. That is what happened. Well, according to court records, when he was booked and asked to remove his street clothing, he was wearing these things only. A shirt, shorts, socks, and a wet condom, which he seemed surprised by. Oh, what's this doing here? Uh Like, how the fuck did I get there? 
<laughs> Silly me. Right. <laughs> Shit. Again? Who put that there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I, Lord. I mean, he might have been even sobering up a little bit from at this point because this is, you know, when he's being bugged. So this guy's the definition of a douchebag. I also think that it's important to note that on February 1st, 1997, so only 18 days prior, Singleton had actually tried to commit suicide by running a hose from the exhaust of his van into the back door. His neighbor, Danny Sales, pulled him from the van and he was in a psychiatric treatment for two weeks. Sales even questioned later whether or not he should have pulled him from the van or not. But, Thank you. I was you thinking know, that yeah. in my head, like, were, was it worth it? Can't hindsight always be such a bitch? Yeah. Yeah, he was interviewed by reporters in the, this was the Salon article, and he's like, I I really wonder, should I have even done that? But if that <laughs> human side of you is like, well, should he, I save him? Right. Well, and think about it. He was a great neighbor. He brought steaks. Maybe yeah. he was thinking about all the steaks. There's like, so oh, many carnivores in this neighborhood. They mm-hmm. are like, he's the steak man. We must save him. It's like he's a piece of shit, but he brought me right. steak. Right. He might have mutilated somebody. I understand the struggle. That steak is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so there, there's that. Singleton's defense was not to dispute whether or not he did it, but rather whether or not it was self-defense or premeditated, which would affect the kind of sentence that he received. You're not getting off on this one, dude. All right? That's all I have to say. This does have a happy ending, you guys. Thank you, because I'm over here, you know. know. You can't handle I'm really fucking you up. I know. I know. I got to stop with this. According to court records, his defense was that Roxanne was trying to steal money out of his wallet. Wow, that sounds familiar, Larry. And when he caught her, she picked up the knife that he uses to cut vegetables while he watches TV. Those damn turnips. Dang it. I watch my soap operas and cut my turnips. And she threatened him. Now, this is somebody who's, they have had a relationship. They've done these transactions before. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden she's going to try to steal his money and with his vegetable knife. So he was like, oh, threaten him. No. Right. Okay. He testified, it gets worse. He testified that Roxanne had a hold of the knife the whole time. And when they were struggling with it, he had no idea that the knife was actually plunging into her. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. This is okay. where I was talking about, like, the IQ, because yeah. the efforts to lie, they're just so horrible. No, he just thinks he's that good of a master manipulator. That's yeah. all it is. I am not an expert in stabbing. I'll be the, the first to tell you that. But I'm going to say that it takes some force. Probably. It's not something that is just a, oh, shit, did that, Oops. did I just get you? Yeah. No. It takes some force. So he really couldn't feel those seven Stabs? Okay. Give me a fucking break. So the police testified that there were no vegetables found in the living room where the murder happened and no turnips in the home at all. Dun, dun, dun! We're shocked. Wait a second, Charmel. You're telling me. I know. There's no vegetables at all? I'm shaking your world. None. Everything I knew was a lie. And you know he's like, fuck, I swore I had turnips in that crisper. Yeah. Damn it. Someone stole them. Right, right. Probably the dudes that were coming to paint. Yeah. They stole my turnips. They were already freshly cut up. And no, everyone knows turnips are best when they're freshly cut. <sighs> I am shocked. I actually don't think I've ever ate a turnip. I don't think I have either. That might... That might say something about us. Our vegetable palate is quite Limited. small. Yes. It might be. It might it be. Is. What really burns my biscuits, though, is that Singleton claimed that once he realized Roxanne had been stabbed, he tried to call 911, but he picked up the remote instead. Like, gasp! Duped again! It's the remote! <laughs> what? 
let me process this. Yeah. So he was like, oh my gosh, I need to call oh for help. Oh my God, she stabbed herself seven times. She needs help. And he grabbed the remote to yep. call with. Oh, and instead of then going to his actual phone, because I don't know about you, but if I accidentally pick something up and realize it's not what I wanted to pick up, I simply set it down and then go pick up the real thing I wanted to pick up. I mean, that seems like the, the likely mm-hmm. thing that you no. should do. No, this is what he said he did. He said, instead... He tried to pick Roxanne up, but his old man legs just gave out. And so he just, they fell. They fell on the floor together. And this is what fucking gets me. Then Roxanne told him to just hold her. So he did. Oh, aren't you a motherfucking hero, Larry? I have, no, I have like nothing. Oh, I know. I Isn't nothing. it sick? It is sick. You're claiming that you didn't stab this woman. She stabbed herself. You tried to call for help. Then you tried to pick her up, but you're too old and, and feeble, and you fell to the floor, so you just held she's her. She's just like, hold, hold me. Hold me. Hold me, shit stain. I think I no. hold me, shit stain. <laughs> no, that is not what fucking happened. I think I'm blown away mostly by just how bad the lives are. Yes. And I, I'm kind of wondering, where was his attorney at? And I'm not saying, like... You know, I'm I'm happy that I he was found guilty. This, but. No, this is this is the police officers testify. This is what you told police like that okay, night. That night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night. This is before counsel. Because I'm like, where was the attorney at saying, "Hey, no, bro, right, right. These, this is bad. Yeah, like, your story is bad." This is I'm when he's, this bad. is when he's still pickled from the two gallons of vodka gotcha. okay. and all the pills, and he is just trying to make himself be the hero. Okay, okay, that makes more sense to me then. Yep. Yep. He did he did testify like the court documents did show him testifying about about all this, but he had already told the police that. I mean, mm-hmm. they put him on the stand and mm-hmm. he testified. Gotcha. So, because remember what I said earlier that it wasn't they weren't disputing whether or not he killed her or not. Yeah. It was disputing was it self-defense yes. or not. Yes. So okay. this is his this was their defense like yeah, he she was stealing and I, this is I'm such a good guy. I held her in her last dying breaths, which just sickens me. Mm-hmm. Sickens me. She did not ask you to hold her. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Like uh. the coroner's report did say that there was clear evidence that her body had been moved from the spot where the injuries took place. So perhaps he did pick her up, but I'm more likely to think that it was in an effort to get her off the couch and and not to hold her in his arms like he was trying to be some prince and console her he had a body he needed to get rid of and i'm sure it was not his first one yeah there's no i agree with that now the state flew mary vincent out to testify against singleton during his trial remember how he had whispered to her how i told you in the first episode that he whispered to her quote i'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life end quote well, look who's finishing the motherfucking job now, Larry. I wish she would have said that to him, like whispered to him. Right, you know, for sure. Like, like, like I finished who's finishing it, it now, bitch. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We're, oh, we're the same person. We'll live that moment for her. Yes, yes. Some notes about this phase of the trial that I wanted to share is that each time Mary had to use her prosthetic arms, for example, when she was asked to raise her right hand to be sworn in, the defense objected, claiming that she was unnecessarily displaying her prosthetics. What? What the actual fuck? And it, I would, I just wish Mary could have said, oh, I'll gladly raise my right hand. Hey, Larry, want to give me my fucking right hand back? How in the actual 
fuck, could they even feel good about that? Like, what was she supposed to raise? Exactly. Oh, no, I'm sorry, but you, I literally have to do this. If it pleases the court, I'm just going to continue to use my prosthetics because I don't have my hands because that motherfucker right there chopped them off 19 years ago. I just feel like that was a cruel, subtle dig to her. I agree. I agree. It's horrible. That is horrible. They also objected when the prosecution asked her to identify Singleton to the court. And so she did so verbally and pointed, but she also pointed her hand at him. Now, luckily, the judge overruled the objections and allowed Mary to use the only fucking hands that she had thanks to him. Well, I'm glad that he allowed that. Right. I mean, what what was she supposed to do? Exactly. So on April 14th, 1998, Lawrence Bernard Singleton was sentenced to death for first degree murder. I'm super happy to see that he got a sentence for once because his first one, in my mind was not a real sentence. Now, at this point, I want to talk about Roxanne's family. The Las Vegas Sun did a really nice piece highlighting the bravery of Roxanne's oldest daughter, Akina. Now, remember, she's 11. Mm -hmm. She had to identify her mother's body at the morgue. (sighs) I could not find out why this would be up to her other than, especially if... if, um, Clifford Tyson, they were common law married. Why couldn't it be him? But it's possible that maybe that's not good enough. Because they weren't actually married. Next of kin. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so child. that's what I'm thinking. I don't want to, I don't, I, don't take me at my word there, guys, because I'm not sure. But it was several sources that I did verify that her daughter had identified. Now, was, was it actually the real identification or just went with Clifford mm-hmm. and he did the actual identification? I'm not sure. That's just how it read. She also sat through the entire trial as photos of her mother's naked and stabbed torso were displayed on easels in the court. Tyson reported to the son that she is, quote, the strong one, end quote. I wanted to include this because I feel like so much attention gets put on the murderer in this case instead of the victim and the family. Like I said earlier, I was going to find other things that had to do with Roxanne besides just that she was a sex worker that was killed by Singleton. Mm-hmm. I wanted to educate us a little bit on the fact that Roxanne was clearly raising some strong ass kids. Yeah, absolutely. Akina told the son that she was upset about the death penalty because if Singleton asks for forgiveness before he dies, God has to grant it, and then he gets to go to heaven and live a better life, and that's just not fair. Wow. How profound is that? That really messed me up. When I read that. Heavy stuff. I got tears in my eyes. I was like, oh, sweet baby girl. She's so right, though, Mm -hmm. in, you know, in that way of thinking. And that is one of the issues that I think we both have always had with the death penalty is, God, and granted, this day and age, it takes them forever. I mean, there's appeals after appeals and people... Mm-hmm. It never. When you're on death row, it could you could live another thirty years in prison. But she I, wanted that revenge. She did. She wanted to see him rot in prison mm-hmm. instead of getting the easy way out. Because if he knew when he was going to die, he was going to ask for God's forgiveness and be granted it. Mm-hmm. Tyson told the judge that he had forgiven Singleton. Now remember, this is her Roxanne's longtime partner. He said that he had forgiven Singleton because Roxanne did not like hate. And that it would be enough for him to have Singleton just live out the rest of his days in prison. 
I'm just not sure that I could have made that statement. Maybe not that soon. That would be really... Oh, yeah. I mean, to forgive someone that quickly? Yeah. Kudos to right. you, For but taking how hard... The, you know, your love. And yeah, just how hard would that be? The last thing on this creep that I want to say is this. When given the chance to address the court, Singleton remarked, I'm, quote, I'm sorry about the death in this case. I'll have to carry it on my conscience the rest of my life, end quote. Uh, what? You're sorry about the death, but the torment and mutilation of the 15-year-old victim and the fact that you whispered to her that you're going to finish the job, you're not... So there was never any type of remorse for what he did to Mary never, or accountability. Never, ever, ever, ever. And he just goes even farther to show that. But I like it as how he says, I'm sorry about the death in this case. In this case. Yeah. What are, what, what are the other cases that you're not sorry about, Larry? That does make you wonder, like, how many other cases... Mm-hmm. That we don't know about. Yeah. So, like I said, I personally would not be shocked if some more women were found in connection with this guy. One reason that I feel this way that I feel this way is because the Hillsboro Hillsboro, excuse me, police did take a complaint from a relative that Singleton had made comments about a neighbor girl that made the relative uncomfortable and made them believe that he might act on whatever he was saying. Mary and her husband also believed that Singleton was behind some phone calls and threats that she started receiving conveniently right after his release from San Quentin. That was another reason why Mary like attempt, got very paranoid and attempted to live a, a secretive life. There, you know, there's a relative that's like, "Hey, I kind of I heard him say this. I'm uncomfortable with it." Obviously, his daughter, if you recall from the first episode, his daughter had called the prison and was like, hey, I don't, he shouldn't be let out. He's a dangerous individual. What do we got to do to keep him there? And they didn't listen. I think, I don't think that the wool was completely pulled over all of his family's eyes. And I think that the brothers that did take pity on him or whatever was more so because they felt obligated to than anything else. Mm-hmm. But they weren't completely blind to the type of man that he was and could be. They did document the whole, the Hillsborough police did, you know, document that, but there really wasn't anything they could do about somebody making a statement. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, he didn't act on anything and that's always a gray area for me too. I'm like, why do we have to wait for something bad to happen before we can do something about things? I know that's a really right? tough pill to swallow. All right. Now here's for the good part, guys. According to a timeline in the San Francisco gate, Singleton died of cancer in a Florida prison hospital on December 28, 2001, so only three years after being sentenced to death row. He was 74. Adios, shitstain. Peace out, Larry. I could not find what type of cancer it was. I'm hoping that it was baby carrot penis cancer. <laughs> that should be an official diagnosis. <laughs> it, should. it should. I hope it was extremely painful and that... It went on for a very long time for him with pussing and oozing. I don't know. Insert all the horrible things that you can think of for your genitals. And I'm sitting over here thinking about the most astonishing thing is the time of freedom he had yep. after doing these things to Mary and God knows what else in between. To who else? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of freedom in there. Yep. yep. Um, you know, from the time that happened to the second one, and him actually getting to be on death row. And what's worse, if you really think about it, had he been given the right sentence in 1979 when he was sentenced for Mary, Roxanne would still be alive. Mm -hmm. That is what is so sad about this entire thing. 
I agree. Because we know things like this are not correctable in a person's psyche and especially not violent sex crimes. That's to that degree. Not, yes. And to have a, a psychiatrist saying this right. person is His, dangerous. There's the psychiatrist in San Quentin, several of them actually had said he is paranoid. He is schizophrenic. He is capable of angry and destructive outbursts on people weaker than he. Mm-hmm. Here And here it is. And, and coupled with his problem with alcohol that he had, his he was abusing prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm sad <sighs> that it took these things to get laws changed, but I'm happy that laws were changed. I know. They were. Exactly. And rest in peace, Roxanne. I hope you're in a much, much better place and that we... Did some justice to your story here, and I hope your children are thriving and doing well. Yes, so much. I I really hope that, too. All right. Are we ready for our brain bath? I am so ready. This is my favorite part. Mine, too, and I really love this one. My dad used to be a goat farmer, so when I stumbled upon this one, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're doing the goat one. (laughs) So strap in, guys. According to a BBC news article from January 2009, I usually like to do things a little earlier, but I could not resist this one. The Nigerian police held a goat as a suspect in a car robbery. Stop it. (laughs) After a vigilante group saw three men stealing a car. Then the men ran from the scene. Two of the men got away, and one shape-shifted into a motherfucking goat. I can't believe it. No, you love it. The vigilante group apprehended the goat, as one does, and brought it to the police and alerted the media. Now, a fun fact that you guys might not know, many places of the world, including Nigeria, shape-shifting is commonly believed to be real and a part of witchcraft. Okay. Who, who am I to say it's not? I don't know. It could happen. I don't have the key to the universe, so I'm not sure how it all works. So this is a common belief over there that, okay, you're yeah. doing your thing and you could just transform into a goat. Yeah. Is yeah. it just goats or is it other things? Uh, shapeshift into anything. It's just part of witchcraft. I yeah, whatever. Goals. Which, Goals. What are, if you, all right, if you had the power to shapeshift, what random ass animal are you shifting into? Because I'm thinking of this guy, you know, he's just stolen this car. And the first thing he thinks of is goat. He could do better, I think. I, but- I think so, too. How about something that flies? Because a goat literally has no redeeming qualities except for the fact that they're cute as hell. They're actually a lot like dogs. They get to know their farmers. I think part of the reason why my dad loved being a goat farmer is because it was like he had an entire herd of puppies. Aww. And they see you and they come running to the fence and they're, you know, batting at you. That and is so cute when they do that. It, it is. By the way, you nailed it with that. It sounded, I had a little too much of a sheep accent on that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Goats are a little bit deeper and a little more like shorter, like burr. Oh, okay. That actually I was, was not bad. <laughs> so if any any of our goat listeners, you please don't be offended. <laughs> I better, my dad was a, is, I mean, he's still alive. Jesus, I didn't want to make it sound like that, but he doesn't do livestock anymore. Okay. Still, still a farmer, doesn't do livestock. So I just loved, loved that story. But I'm also curious as to why a goat. So I had, and I could not find how long they held this goat I was waiting for ask. him to change back into a human. At what point did we, you know, not say we are actually holding this goat against its will and we have nothing right. on him anymore? It, eventually, were they like, we're going to have to let you go? We're going to, yes, yes. But we're and, watching and you. And did they feed him? The, what did they... I, 
if he's really like a the human. the regular jail meals. For sure. Like, why are we doing that to the goat? That is animal abuse. Just sliding his tray in. Like, yes. Here you go. What did they name him? You know, he's got to have a name. Maybe it was just the name of that other suspect. So they're like, maybe. Here you go, John. Right. Whatever it was. Right. We're just waiting for you to shift for the spell to break. (laughs) And when it does, we've got some questions for you, buddy. And when you shift back, do you have your clothes on that you had before? Was the goat wearing the clothes? I have a lot of questions. questions. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't find the answers because I looked, uh, I'm going to admit, you guys, I looked way too far into this goat story. I support you in that. I feel like there's a lot of things (laughs) we need to know. I wanted to know, but... I'm also guessing that this is a common, if it's a common thought that we, you know, witchcraft and shape-shifting happens, how many other random livestock animals or wildlife have we apprehended and Mm -hmm. held for questioning? Yeah. I'm so glad you found this. It's really made my night. I like this one. Anyway, all right, you guys, if you would like to hear more episodes, please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps everybody know that we're worth listening to and it keeps us around. Please follow us on Facebook. We are Crime Curious Podcast. On Instagram, we're crime.curious. And I do have to make a note. Our My first episode, I said that our I, I mispronounced our edit you're saying are like a goddamn pirate (laughs) (laughs) or do we edit maybe we don't let's not let's just keep this our email is crimecurious at yahoo.com so feel free to email us nice things if you have something shitty to say write it it. write it and delete it okay (laughs) don't hit send think about it before you hit send yes yes exactly so all right we hope you keep it curious and thanks guys stay alive we need to we need to stay alive stay alive alive. i'm not gonna tell them to keep beating it yeah (laughs) but definitely keep it curious (laughs) till next time guys